Hello everybody, this is me, Shita, and today we're going to be starting with the 20 chapter that is Goodbye, Mr. Hazel. So let's get begin the reading. Shiny, big shiny silver rose rice had break suddenly and it came to a stop right alongside the filling station. Behind the wheel, I could see the enormous pink beery face of Mr. Victor Hazel staring at the peasants. I could see the mouth hanging open, his eyes bulging out of his head like toadstools, and then skin of his face turning from pink to bright scarlet. The car door opened out a game, resplendent in fawn-colored riding breeches and high-polished boots. There was a yellow silk scarf with red dots on it around its neck, and he had a sort of bowler hat on his head. The great shooting party was about to begin, and he was on his way to greet the guests. He left the door of the rose open, and he came at us like a charging bull. My father, Dr. Spencer, and I stood closer together in a little group waiting for him. He started shouting at us at the moment he got out of the car, and he went on shouting for a long time after that. I'm sure you would like to know what he said, but I can't possibly repeat it here. The language he used was so foul and filthy, it scrooged my ear holes. Words came out of his mouth that I've never heard before and hope never to hear again. Little flakes of white foam began forming around his lips and running down his chin onto the yellow silk scarf. I glanced at my father. He was standing very still and very calm, waiting for the shouting to finish. The color was back in his cheeks now, and I could see the tiny twinkling wrinkles of a smile around the corner of the eyes. Dr. Spencer stood beside him, and he was also very calm. He was looking at Mr. Hazel rather as one would look at a slug on a leaf of lettuce in the salad. I myself did not feel quite so calm. But they are not your peasants, my father said at last. They are mine. Don't lie to me, man, yelled Mr. Hazel. I'm the only person round here who has peasants. They are on my land, my father said quietly. They belong to my land, and so long as they stay on my land, they belong to me. Don't you know the row, you blotted old face raccoon? Dr. Spencer started to giggle. Mr. Hazel's skin turned from scarlet to purple. His eyes and his cheeks were bulging so much with the rage, it looked as though someone was blowing up his face with a pump. He glared at my father. Then he glared at the dupey peasants swarming all over the filling station. What's the matter with them? He shouted. What have you done to them? At this point, Paddling grandly towards us on his black bicycle came the law, arm of the law in the shape of Surgeon Knott's Thunders, resplendent in his blue uniform and shiny silver buttons. It was always a mystery to me how Surgeon Sandwich could sniff out trouble wherever it was. Let me there be a few boys fighting in the bumper and you could bet your life the village policeman would be there within minutes. We all saw him now coming and a little hush fell upon the entire company. I imagine the same sort of things happen when a king or a president enters a room full of chattering people. 
Boston Funding and Sundering still as a mark of respect for a powerful, important person. Virgin Sunday is dismounted from his bicycle and threaded his way carefully through the mass of peasants squatting on the ground. The face behind the back, big black mustache showed no surprise, no anger, no emotion of any kind. It was calm and neutral, as the face of the law should always be. For a full half minute, he allowed his eyes travel slowly around the filling station, gazing at the mass of peasants squatting all over the place. The rest of us, including even Mr. Hazel, waited in silence for judgment to be pronounced. Well, 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 Sir Sergeant, Sandy is at last, puffing out his chest and addressing nobody in particular. What, may I ask, is happening around here? Sergeant and Sandys had a funny habit of sometimes putting a little H in front of the words that shouldn't have an H there at all. But as the sometimes to balance things out, he would take away the H from all the words that should have begun with that letter. I'll tell you what's happening around here, shouted Mr. Hazel, advancing upon the first man. These are my peasants. And this rouge pointing at my father has incited them out of my wood on his filthy little falling station. And he, Sir Chin said, looking at first at Mr. Hazel and at us. Hentized them, did you say? Of course, he inside them. Well, now, said the surgeon, grabbing his bicycle carefully against one of the pups. This is a very interesting occasion, very interesting indeed, because I never heard of nobody hentising a peasant across six miles of fields and open countryside. Oh, do you think this hentison was performed, Mr. Azel, if I may ask? You understand, like the words that are here, I'll tell you, like Hazel, H A Z E L L. He is saying as Hazel. In which words have H, he removed them, and which not to have an S, H, he added them. Like interesting becomes interesting, like this. And ask becomes ask. So be careful. Don't ask me how he because I don't know, shouted Mr. Hazel. He's done all right. The proof is all around you. All my finest borders sitting here in this dirty little station, and they ought to be upon my own word, getting ready for the shoot. The word spurred out of Mr. Hazel's mouth like hot lava from an eruption volcano. Am I correct, said Sergeant Samets? Am I? Absolutely accurate in thinking that today is the day of your great shooting party, Mr. Azel. That's the whole point, cried Mr. Hazel, stabbing his forefinger into the sergeant's chest as though he were punching him a typewriter on an arm machine. If I don't get these boards back on my life, Quick, sharp, some very important people are going to be extremely angry this morning.
one of my guests, I'll have you know, Sergeant, is none other than your boss, the Chief Constable of the County. So you better do something about it first. Hadn't you, unless you want to lose the Sergeant's stripes of yours. Sergeant Sandway did not like people poking their fingers in his chest, least of all Mr. Hazel, and he showed it by twitching his upper lip so violently that his moustache came alive and jumped out like a small, bristly animal. Now just one minute, he said to Mr. Hazel. Just one minute, please. Am I to understand that you are causing this gentleman error of committing this hack? Yes, I am, cried Mr. Hazel. I know he did it. And do you have any evidence to support this accusation? The evidence is all around him, shouted Mr. Hazel. Are you blind or something? Her father stepped forward. She took a small pace to the front and fixed Mr. Hazel with his marvelous bright twinkly eyes. Surely you know how these peasants come here, he said softly. Surely I don't know how they came here, snapped Mr. Hazel. But I shall tell you, my friend, because it's quite simple, really. They all know they were going to be shoot today, so if they stayed in your world, so they're flying here to wait until the shooting was over. Rubbish! Yelled Mr. Hazel. It's not rubbish at all, his father said. They're extremely intelligent birds, peasants. Isn't that so, Doctor? They have tremendous brain power. Dr. Spencer said, they know exactly what's going on. It would undoubtedly be a great honor, my father said, to be shot by the chief constable of the county, and even a greater one to be eaten after by the Lord Thistleweight, but I don't think a peasant would see it that way. You are scrundled, both of you, shouted Mr. Hazel. You are rapsiclians of the worst kind. Now then, now then, said Sir Jean Samways. Insults ain't going to get us nowhere. They are only aggravate things. Therefore, gentlemen, I have a suggestion to put to you. I suggest that we all of us make a big effort to drive these birds back over to the road on Mr. Azel's land. How does that strike to you, Mr. Azel? It'll be the, in the right direction, said Mr. Basil. Get down to my car. I'll step in the right direction, Mr. Hazel said. Get on with it then. Ah, oh, what about you, The sergeant said to my father. Are you agreeable to this action? I think it's a splendid idea, my father said. Giving Sam Basil one of his funny looks. I'll be very glad to help. So will Danny. What's he up to now, I wondered, because wherever my father gave somebody one of his funny looks, it means the funny was going to happen. And Sergeant Sideways, I noticed, also had a quite a sparkle in his hugely stern eye. Come on, my lads, he cried. Let's push these lady birds over the road. And with that, he began striding around the filling station, waving his arm at the peasants and shouting, shoo, shoo. Off you go! Beat it! Get out here! My father and I joined him in his rather absurd exercise, and for the second time, the morning clouds of peasants rose up into the air, tapping their enormous wings. 
It was then I realized that in order to fly across the road, the first to fly over Mr. Hazel's mighty Rolls Royce, which lay right in the path with its doors still open. Most of the visitors were too droopy to manage this, so down they came again, snap on top of the great silver car. They were all over the roof and bonnet, sliding and slithering and trying to keep a grip on the beautifully polished shirt. I could hear the sharp claws scrapping into the paintwork as they struggled to hang on. And already they were depositing their dirty droopings all over the roof. Get them off! screamed Mr. Hazel. Get them away! Don't you worry, Mr. Hazel, sir, Sergeant Samus cried. I'll fix it and for you. Come on, boys. Cassie's does it. Fill them right over the room. Not on my car, you idiot, Mr. Hazel below, jumping up and down. Send them the other way, please. We will, sir, we will, answered Sergeant Sandwich. In less than a minute, the road was literally stone with peasants, all scratching and scrabbling and making the disgusting, runny messes over the shiny silver paint. What is more, I saw at least dozen of them fly right inside the car through the open door by the driver's seat. Whether or not Sergeant had cunningly steered in the cell, I don't know, but it happened so quickly that Mr. Hazel never even noticed. Get those parts of my car, Mr. Hazel Bell. Can you see the running paintwork? You that paintwork? Sorry, what paintwork? He had stopped chasing the pieces and stood there looking at Mr. Hazel and shaking his head sadly from side to side. We have done our best to encourage these birds over the road, he said, but they are too ignorant to understand. Get them off my car! Ah, the surgeon said. Your car, yes, I see what you mean, sir. Beastly, dirty birds, peasants are. Why didn't you just up and quick and drive her away fast after Mr. Hazel, who seemed only too glad of an excuse to escape from this madhouse, made a dash for the open door of the rolls and leaped into the driver's seat. The moment he was in, Sergeant Savage slammed the door and suddenly there was the most infernal uproar inside the car as a dozen or more enormous peasants started squacking and flapping all over the seats and round Mr. Hazel's head. Drive on, Mr. Hazel, sir, shouted Sergeant Samwise through the window in his most commanding policeman's voice. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You're going quick. There's no time to lose. Ignore them peasants, Mr. Hazel, and accelerate the engine. Mr. Hazel didn't have a choice. He had to make the run for it now. He started the engine and the great floor shot up down the road with the clouds of business riding up from it all directions. Then an extraordinary thing happened. The peasants that had flown up the car stayed up in the air. They didn't come flapping drunkly down as we had expected them to. They stayed up and they kept on flying. Over the top of the filling station they flew and over the caravan and over the field at the back where a little outdoor lavatory stood and over the next field and over the crest of the hill until they disappeared from sight. Great spot, Dr. Spencer cried. Just look at that. They've recovered. Sleeping pills have one of them last. All the other peasants around the place were beginning to come away. 
while standing up tall on their legs and ruffling their feathers and turning their heads quickly from side to side. When a two of them started running about, then all the others started running. And when Sergeant Sandways flapped his arm at them, the whole lot took off the air and flew over the filling station and they were gone. Suddenly, there was not a peasant left, and it was very interesting to see that none of them had flown across the road or even down the road in the direction of Hazel's Wood and the great shooting party. Every one of them had flown in exactly the opposite direction. Oh my god. Now another blunder. So guys, this was all about chapter number 20. I'll meet you tomorrow in the next chapter that is going one. So till then, stay tuned. Don't forget to follow and share with everyone you know. I'll see you next episode. Till then, take care. Bye. <laughs>